The Chargers have historically not made in-season trades, but if someone like Kyle Pitts becomes available, the Chargers better get on the phone. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers together now for eight seasons, but this is our sixth year as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys, as always, for making this your first listen today. And to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe or follow for free on the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and listen wherever you get your podcast from. David, what do we got today? Daniel, well, there's been a couple of big names that's been thrown out there on the trade markets. Chase Claypool, maybe Kyle Pitts. Did the Chargers pull the trigger? And the Chargers defense is absolutely not better without Derwin James. Something that always has to be addressed, right? And I get it because, like, in the games that he's missed, at least the last couple of years, the Chargers have had, you know, some of their better defensive performances. But, I mean, there's a lot that's wrapped up in that. I do like the trade part of this though David because there have been some names that have been floated out there has even been a link from the Chargers about Clay Chase Quaypool who we'll get into but I want to start with Kyle Pitts because this is a guy that was brought up by several of our listeners and it is a Chargers fan mail day today and I want to get to this from Chris Saiz and it was also asked similarly from Tony on Twitter and Ace of Spades on YouTube who asked do you think this is the year we make a mid-season trade like go for a Kyle Pitts or maybe a wide receiver. And I think it's a good question, David. And I think if it was someone like Kyle Pitts, I think the Chargers should be very interested in seeing what that price tag is. Oh, absolutely. Kyle Pitts is, you know, one of the most dynamic athletes in the NFL. I mean, that's why the Atlanta Falcons took him with the fourth overall pick a couple of years ago, because, I mean, this guy, he can absolutely do it. And in that first rookie year, it was explosive. He burst out onto the scene, talking about 68 catches, over 1,000 receiving yards, in his first year, I mean, this was the first tight end since Butkus to go over a thousand receiving yards, which is yeah. unbelievable. Like, it usually is, doesn't happen that fast, yeah, especially that at that position. right? Not at all. I mean, yeah, the tight end position has definitely been more glamorous, and I definitely feel like it's it's something that's been a lot more featured with guys like Travis Kelsey, obviously, Antonio Gates, you know, th- those type of guys that can take over a, a football game. And I think I feel like Kyle Pitts absolutely has that ability. So if he is available, I mean, he's young. He is coming off of an injury. I mean, he's still recovering from that MCL surgery that he had last year. So I think that's the only thing that would give you any kind of pause. But if everything checks out there, I mean, you absolutely got to pick up the phone and see what it would take to bring that type of dynamic athlete over to the Chargers. Yeah, I think you you have to try to pursue it aggressively. And I mean, the the Falcons at this point aren't, you know, a terrible team, right? They're going to have to probably fall a little bit more out of playoff contention before they start selling away big pieces. But like, I think the thing is with him is you have seen it, like you talked about, like his rookie year, right? You saw what he can be. And then ever since then, it's been a mix of Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter, right? Right. I think the other big part of it that's hard to kind of parse how much it has to do with it is just they got a new coach two years ago with Arthur Smith and just doesn't seem like he's a fit in Arthur Smith's offense. And, you know, if he is, they just can't get him the football. But the reason that makes me think that Arthur Smith of it all, because they went and signed Jonu Smith as a second tight end, right? He has been more involved in their offense than Kyle Pitts. You have Kyle Pitts. 
and he doesn't even lead your team in receptions or receiving yards at the position, right? Johnny Smith has 15 catches for 179 yards, while Kyle Pitts has 11 catches for 121 yards. Last year when the Chargers played the Falcons, you saw it. Like, there was a couple times he was just blatantly missed, right? And I think when you're looking at this, it also kind of harkens back to what we want in the offseason, especially in this latest draft class, which is getting someone to pair with Justin Herbert, getting him a tight end to grow with, right? You missed out on that opportunity. Now you're going into a situation where Gerald Everett is a free agent upcoming after this season, right? Donald Parham will be back, and he's obviously his status is up in the air right now as far as when he's going to be back. I mean, his injury is not going to make you do this. You should just be doing this because – None of those guys are going to stop you from potentially acquiring someone like this. The other big part of it, David, is the control you'd have with him, right? Like, this isn't a, a one-year, a half-year rental. This isn't right. a 13-game rental. And, I mean, it probably right. won't be 13 games, obviously. But, like, this guy you could potentially have under contract through 2025 with that yeah. fifth-year option since he was a first-round pick. It's at least you're going to have from 2023 to 2024 to gauge how much you like him, right? Like. You'll have a year and a half of a test trial to see what that chemistry is like with Justin Herbert to see if he should be getting paid big money after that. And you'd still have the option to give him that fifth year option after the 2024 season if you like what you see. So, yeah, I like I wonder what the price tag is. Um, But I mean, with his production over the last couple of years, uh, I mean, basically what you'd be selling people on is what he did that rookie season. Like, I mean, because are are the Falcons just going to call up teams and be like, you know, hey. We're not the problem. Kyle Pitts is the problem. Like, they can't really devalue their own asset right, like that. So, right. But I think that is part of it, too, is just, like, you'd have that chance for these two dudes to be able to grow potentially, which is crazy to think about. It'd be fun. It would be. And and also, I think it would make up for the Chargers not, like you said, not attack, attacking the tight end position when you had one of the, the biggest, you know, most illustrious tight end draft classes of the last 10 or 15 years, and the Chargers yeah. – did not take a tight end in that draft class at all. So if you go out and get Kyle Pitts, I mean, that changes the entire trajectory of the position with one move. And the other part of it is you wouldn't have to pay him for a while. So it would, by the time you'd have to pay him, Keenan Allen, Joey Bosa, Quio Mack, Mike Williams, all those guys are off the books by that point, right? So like that would be the next, I mean, all of them would be by the end of the 2025 season. None of them are under contract through 2026. So that would be when you would have to pay him if you picked up his fifth year option. So you wouldn't have to, it wouldn't overlap with any of the big contracts that you have right now, except for Justin Herbert. And that would be the next kind of wave of how you're surrounding Justin Herbert. But I do like this question that we got because a lot of people were asking about it from stop hating bruh on YouTube. Who asked, should we trade for chase Claypool would probably cost a compensatory pick Per Jordan Schultz, an NFL expert, the Bears are looking for a fifth or a sixth round pick. When you're telling people that, they're probably not going to want to give it to you. And the situation is totally untenable in Chicago. That's the other part of this year. Like, they told him to stay home during the last game as a healthy scratch for a guy they traded the 32nd overall pick to last year, David. Is Chase Claypool with Mike Williams down someone that intrigues you? No, no, not really at all, honestly. I mean, for him, career contested catch percentage of 38.2%. He's only missed, uh, you know, missed tackles, like forced missed tackles, nine, seven his first two years, and then down to three, and then down to one this year. Also, this would be that type of rental because he is in the last year of his contract. It's a $2.9 million cap hit. And just with the lack of production. You're not going to pay that dude either next year. Yeah, you're not. No, of course not. And it's just with the lack of production and the off the field problems. I don't know if that's somebody I would want to bring into the fold 
And also, I just don't think that he's the type of receiver that would make that type of a difference for the Chargers. No, I'm not interested in Chase Claypool. I mean, he definitely brings speed. I mean, he he was sure. a legitimate deep threat, four three four four type of guy, right? Coming out at that size, Chargers obviously love big receivers. Yeah, there was an account on Twitter, I think it was ML Football or something like that, that said the Chargers called them on it, and the talks evaporated quickly. I don't know, hard to corroborate that though. I didn't see yeah. it anywhere else. It'd be surprising if the Chargers wanted a player that was calling out his coaching staff, right, or yeah. something like that. But like the other thing is though, David, like. What does Tom Telesco care about next year if this is his last year potentially, right? What does Brandon Staley care about next year if this is his last year potentially? So it's like, sure. we'll see if the Chargers get a little bit desperate. And I think for him, you could still make the same arguments you made for Kyle Pitts, which is when he had Ben Roethlisberger, he looked like one of the better up-and-coming young receivers in the league. And over the last two years, it's been, you know, Kenny Pickett and backup quarterbacks when Pickett's been hurt. So, like, I yeah, think you fair. could make some of those same arguments. I think it feels like something that would end up in a disaster, though. I mean, I think in theory, I like it. He's not a straight-up, you know, replacement for Mike Williams. Yeah, probably does stunt the development of Quentin Johnston. And the other part of it is, too, is like once Eckler's back, right, you have Keenan Allen, Josh Palmer, all these guys, Gerald Everett. If he's not getting those targets, how long does it take him to bubble over and now he's a cancer in your own locker room, right? And that's something the Chargers care about a lot. I don't know what kind of value the, the Bears are going to get for him. Maybe they just end up having to straight up release him or waive him. Maybe that's, that's a different what conversation. I see. That's then. what I see happening. Yeah, I mean, it, it's totally untenable there. But both of these guys, you can make the argument, could help out the Chargers offense. And at least in Kyle Pitts' case, I think that's one you'd be aggressive in going after. But we have more Chargers mailbag questions to get into, including if the Chargers defense better without Derwin James. We'll have this conversation again coming up right after this. First, though, I do need to tell you guys about eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players that are a guaranteed fit on your roster. So let's see who Vinny has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week because, David, when you have a fantasy team, one of the things that's always doomed my fantasy teams is just not keeping up on it, not paying enough attention to who should be I should be picking up, guys who I should be starting, even if they were bad the week before. And that's a lot of the hardest things. And I think one of the things Vinny has picked up on is, hey, this guy might not have been good last week, but there's good reason to think he's going to come back for a big game this week. Packers running back Aaron Jones didn't fare well with limited work returning from his hamstring injury against the Lions in week four. With some time to heal, heal off a mini buy. look for Jones to be ready to show his old explosive self as a runner and receiver on Monday night in Las Vegas. He will feel right at home with plenty of cheeseheads making the trip down to the desert against a bad Raiders overall defense, not too far down the road where Jones' star was born in his hometown of El Paso, Texas. Anybody going up against the Raiders is good with me. I'm always happy to have someone and hope someone will go off against the Raiders and you make them lose by 35 points. But Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship, and eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit, and it's the same with your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly with brake kits, LED headlights, a rough rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. That always reminds me of a tear because David is his baby. But with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's also a guaranteed fit for your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebay.com slash motors. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply speaking of a tier we will have a tier on who has another bone to pick with us 
especially David. You know, it seems like he always wants to come with David, but he also calls David his baby. So, I mean, there's definitely a lot of love. Can't wait to hear your question. This I'm confused. Yeah, we all are, but we love it here. So this is a, a question from Lewis Benzeman, and I can tell in his, I mean, Lewis, one of the people that's consistently been an everydayer, always contributes on these fan mail shows. We appreciate you and all the other everydayers out there. We love you guys. This is a, a question I think has been brought up by a lot of Charger fans, right? And is this, why does the defense play better without Derwin James? Please don't tell me it doesn't because it does. Do you think players step up without him and rely on him too much when he's there? Yeah, I think there's a ton of theories you can go with, right? Like, I think you could look at, hey, is Brandon Staley simplifying the defense? I think you could look at, okay, hey, are the other players trying to do too much? Are the other players moving too much around when Derwin James is out there, right? And not getting as settled into what their roles are. But to me, David, I think this is a little bit of a facade because of the quarterbacks that the Chargers played against when Derwin James missed these games. I mean, if you look back to last season during the four-game win streak, I count in the Indianapolis game because he got ejected early on in that game, right, for that hit. That was close to a legal hit, too. He's had way too many of those penalties that have been pretty 50-50, honestly. But look at the quarterbacks, Lewis, that they played in those, right? Aiden O'Connell in this last game. Nick Foles, who was like the best, worst quarterback performance I've seen in a long time. Ryan Tannehill with a busted ankle that literally put him on on IR and had Josh Dobbs starting a a basically – pseudo playoff game in week 18 last season in Baker Mayfield with a broken Rams team. The only good quarterback during that time, David was Tua, right? And they totally manhandled them. One of the better defensive game plans we've seen oriented. A lot of guys stepped up in that one, but I think that's probably where most of it comes from. Yeah. And then the other thing also, I think we need to remind ourselves is that one thing about this is not impeachable. Derwin James is a great football player. Okay. That's the one thing everybody needs to remember. Derwin James is a guy that can do a lot of different things at a very, very high level on a football field. He's a guy that can cover your number one wide receiver. He can take away the tight ends. He can rush the passer at a very, very high level. I mean, (laughs) Derwin James is a freak of nature. And, And so the one thing that we always need to remember is that this defense is not worse uh, with Derwin James on the field. Derwin James is a certified stud. He is one of the top players at his position in the NFL. Yeah, and I mean, to Lewis's credit, I did cut off part of that. He said, it hurts me to say this. He is elite. I love him to death. So he knows he's good. I mean, I think you could look at how Brandon Steele was using him, maybe stretching him a little bit too thin. I think the biggest thing, honestly, is Derwin James has just missed a higher percentage of tackles than we've seen from him yeah. in years past. And I think if he can clean that up, that cleans up some of the big plays that you would put at his feet. But for the most part, like you're seeing who's to blame for a lot of the big plays that are happening, right? And it's not often yeah. Derwin James's name is coming out of your mouth as far right. as what the problem is. So think it's overblown a little bit um I, I think brand Staley's usually always running brand Staley's defense i think you know how guys are using those leverages and how it's actually getting implemented is something that's been a problem obviously all brand right. Staley's tenure so let's get to this next question from thomas van luke from subtext in our subtext community which you can find in the show notes today but he asked do you think dean marla or raheem lane can become a reliable option in safety rotation this year and david i'm glad he brought this up because that was one of the guys who impressed us absolutely the most in this last game was Dean Marlowe, who came out of nowhere as a practice squad guy and had a really strong performance. Yeah, and it seemed like he like really had the trust of the coaching staff and Brandon, Brandon Staley, and Brandon Staley spoke very, very highly of Dean Marlowe. He said, I think you saw all of, all of Dean's experience, just the natural disguise, the communication. He's urgent. He's a bigger guy. He's physical. He's been around a lot of quality secondaries. 
you can see that he plays in the system that's similar to ours in terms of safety position. I think he really helped us out yesterday. I think he took advantage of an experienced player. They also He also said they both tackled well. Speaking about him and Raheem Lane, I think they had the right respect for the deep part of the field. And I think that is you know one thing we were talking about is that it seemed like whenever the you know the the Raiders went deep, right? Dean Marlowe was there. He was around the football. He, he was you know making plays. Also made a really nice tackle for loss in the backfield with where he's kind of set up by Thule, but he finished the play. And so it just feel like he was a quality asset. Which when you're looking for your third, fourth safety, you just want a guy that's going to come in, do your job, be a kind of a stabilizing force. And I feel like Dean Marlowe showed that. And I feel like I want to see more of that, uh, more of Dean Marlowe on the football field. And one of the things we talked about in the offseason that we liked so much was the Chargers loading up their practice squad with guys who have actually done it. This is a dude who started multiple games for the Bills in the playoffs last season. So this is not some scrub, right? This is a guy who has been a meaningful reserve player for good teams in the past. He was on the Chargers practice squad. And I don't know if you could totally get sold on one guy, you know, or even a pair of guys because Raheem Lane was good too. For sure. And we've seen him more this season. But to me, Dean Marlowe's safety three going forward, and I think it's a big role because if you want to move Derwin James around – One of the places you were getting exposed when he was doing it was that safety, the other safety, that third safety that comes on the field when Derwin James is on the edge, when he's playing linebacker, whatever the case may be. So to me, Dean Marlowe is that guy right now. But yeah, just the, as Brandon Staley said, having the respect of the deep part of the field was what meant the most to me. There to make plays on the ball when teams tried to go deep is just not something we saw. And that's a huge reason why the Chargers in this game didn't allow many big explosive plays. But let's get this one in here from Rob Keenan, David, who asked, now that we have a decent sample size of respectable defensive performances with key players out, how do you think these performances impact roster building for next year and decisions on cuts or keeping high cap hit players? So when you're talking about this, you're talking about two or, you know, Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa as the high paid defensive players that you could potentially part with next year. And obviously, right. I think the Thule of it all, David, if things keep up, definitely changes the outlook on that. Yeah, I mean, Thule right now, it looks like a force multiplier, a guy who's making everybody around him better. He's setting up Joey and Khalil to take advantage and, you know, pay off with sacks. Also has been very, very rugged in the running game as well. I mean, Thule's been a monster. I mean, he's been a great player. If he keeps on that same trajectory, then, yeah, that makes that decision a whole lot easier. I think also on on the defense, uh, the jury's still out on Dayon Henley, right, because you have – Kenneth Murray, who's in the last year of his contract. So that's something that we have to see. You know, hopefully he earns some snaps on the defense and not just play special teams towards the end of the year so we can kind of see what he brings to the table on defense. And then, of course, on offense, you have to look at at Quinton Johnston and, and you know, you have to see more, right? The jury's still out on, on those two players, and I think we'll get a better grasp on be, on being able to answer that question after we kind of see how this season unfolds. Yeah, defensively, I mean, the Chargers won't pay Kenneth Murray pretty much no matter what. It would be a surprise, obviously, with just how they've treated the linebackers in free agency. And you have two guys in Nick Neiman and Dayon Henley that you have to hope, hey, those guys can step up with one more year of Eric Hendricks. But obviously, the decision if the Chargers have to cut either Joey Bosa or Aquilo Mack is not going to be easy. How they perform this year feels like a big part of it. Up until this last week, it felt like there was one of those names that felt really obvious as the guy that would go. And Quill Mack, and he just tied the league lead in sacks in one game after four weeks with six sacks. So, Crazy. Second most all-time. Obviously, that decision's always going to be tough. 
Thule feels like it softens the blow. And, I mean, yeah, if you can keep that, even the three of those guys around next year and find a way to make that work, I mean, it feels like when Joey Bosa comes back after this bye week, the Chargers, I mean, unequivocally, the last three weeks have had one of, if not the best pass rush in the entire league, right? Six sacks or seven sacks this week, you know, 10 combined, 10 plus combined the two weeks before that, like they've been on a sick one. Um, one of the reasons they've been able to get off the field so well on third down, but we have more to get into. And I think the Quentin Johnston part of it, right? We'll see if that's an easy decision with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen right now. Obviously, with Mike Williams being hurt, that one feels like kind of the thing. It's like, okay, well, hopefully you can see Quinn Johnson and Josh Palmer step up to where it feels like, I mean, how can you not bring back Keenan next year, right? You're just trying to soften the blow of these big cap cuts that are probably coming in 2024. But we're going to get into some more questions, including a tier one, you know, having a bone to pick with us and also some of the biggest surprises this year so far coming up right after this. First, though, I do need to tell you guys that this episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? Like, you know what you should do, what's good for you, but you just can't do it. For me, this always happens when I'm about to go to bed. Oh my God, I end up staying up so late because a lot of times I just get in bed and just end up not being able to escape my own mind. But a lot of the questions that you end up asking yourself late in the night, there are a lot of the things you end up talking about, or at least I did when I tried therapy, which is just like, hey, when you have the confidence in yourself and you have the answers with those questions and these questions aren't just happening in your head, but you're actually opening up to someone and kind of lessening the burden on yourself, it can just be so helpful. So if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You're not going to use any gas money in California, which is also great. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOn. David, I do want to get to the rest of these Chargers mailbag questions today. Thank you to everyone who hit us up at Lockdown LAC. Thank you to everyone who called into the voicemail line at 323-524-7924, where you can always call in and get a 30-second Chargers voicemail in there, like a tier did, and we're going to get to him. And thank you to everyone who hit us up with questions on subtext, the ones we're using for today's show, and we haven't already just answered on there, which is our new premium SMS service where you can text one-on-one with me and David every day and get your questions answered instantly and find out who we are potentially going to have on the show next week. We're going to put that out tonight on subtext because we have a big name potentially coming on the show. Someone we've been talking about a lot. Someone we've talked about already today, but thank you to all the everydayers for checking us out and making us your first listen today. Let's get to a tier, David. I mean, the people want to hear a tier has a bone to pick with us. Let's hear what he's got. Daniel, David, this is a tier. In August, when I said all the pressure is on Cullen Moore, you called me crazy. 21-17 against Tennessee, defense get back-to-back stop, offense go to bed against the Raiders. Dominated defensively for three quarters. Offensively, we don't do nothing in the third quarter. I'm so frustrated. What is going on? Okay, explain yourself, please. Because, like I said, how many times do you want to ask your defense to get stopped? Come on, my bro. Give me an answer. And I need it fairly. This man needs to step up after the bye week. Thank you. Love you. I love you. Uh, I, I think the thing with this, first of all, I mean, I, Atir, I think also in August you said the Chargers were going to be 15-2 and two or something along those lines, and it looks like that one's going to be pretty tough <laughs> from here on out. And I get it. You know, like, <clears throat> I would agree to a big extent of this, David, to just where, hey, there have been games the Chargers have had chances to put it away, and they haven't done it. This last right. week, 
24 to zero. And we bashed, you know, we talked about the offense and how bad it was in the recap show that night, right? We knew yeah. how bad the offense was in that last game in the second half. And it's without Lindsley and it's without Eckler and it's without Mike Williams. And there's growing pains that go along with it. Yeah. And lack of identity, some could say as well. But like the other games that you're talking about, though, against the Vikings, you have a chance to go put it away, right? And can't do it like with your offense and you need a defense to bail you out. This last yeah. week, you had a chance. Against the Titans, you did have multiple chances in the fourth quarter, right, to go put the game away offensively. But a tier, I mean, when you're looking at this objectively, like, it's pretty cut and dry. The Chargers have a very good offense and a bad defense. I mean, pretty yeah. much no matter what metric you're looking at, David, you're going to find those results. Yeah, I mean, you look at the offensive numbers, they're pretty much top five in every statistical category that you're looking at. And defensively, I mean, at least as far as EPA, they're, they're around 27th in the league. So it's... it's defensively, it's, yeah. Yeah, defensively. That's what, yeah, I said defensively. Offensively, 7th yeah. in, in yards per game, 7th in scoring per game. So, yeah, I mean, you're, you're looking at a top 10 offense right there, and, and, and you're looking at a bottom five defense. So, and this isn't like this is new. Like, this, this has been the case for the defense since Brandon Staley has gotten here. So, since Brandon Staley has gotten here, the defense has, you know, done a pretty poor job of preventing the other teams from scoring points or doing whatever they wanted to do. If they wanted to run the ball, they could run the ball. If they wanted to get the deep explosive plays, they were going to do that. And it happened game after game after game. So we got to kind of apply, you know, what we have seen and we have to use that in our logic. The offense has been good throughout the first four games. The defense seems like it's gotten progressively better, but still one of the worst units in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, the offense has had their struggles. Uh, I mean, sure. per RB, SDM, though, yeah. I mean, fourth in offensive EPA, fourth in passing EPA, 26th in defensive EPA. And basically what that is is on a down-to-down -down basis, what the average team would do compared to what the Chargers are doing as far as how many points they're scoring on that play from the 35-yard line on first and 10 and averaging right. out all of those numbers, right? It's yeah, I mean, I totally get the point and there's higher expectations for the Chargers offense than there is for the defense. If these two things were close, yeah, I think you would go at Kellen Moore. And I think if you're looking at Kellen Moore, it's like, yeah, hey, should it be a little bit better? Should it be a little cleaner in tight situations? He did have yeah. the game tying drive right against the Titans. You just couldn't get it in the end zone against the Vikings. You still were able to put up points in that game and go up again in the fourth quarter. And even in this last game, right, third and 10 game on the line you have the balls to go try to put the game away with a deep throw down the sideline, right? So, like, yeah. I think there's a lot to like. The rushing attack overall has been much better, but still was totally disappeared in the second half. There's things they're working out. There's things he's trying to work out with key players he didn't think he'd be missing, yeah. namely Corey Lindsley in the running game and Mike Williams at receiver. And this is going to and be Austin a big... And Austin Eckler in the running game, yeah. And Austin well. Eckler in the receiving and the running game, obviously, yeah. yeah. But, like... This is going to be a huge couple of weeks for them to kind of work out the kinks there because some of those guys aren't coming back anytime soon. So let's get to this next question from 619 Shaggy who asks, besides Thule, of course, besides Thule, who's been the biggest surprise on both sides of the ball? Who has to step up for the Chargers to make a serious run? I want to start on the off or the, the first part of that question, David. Who's a surprise for you on each side of the ball? If you're not going to take Thule, who's obviously been the biggest surprise out of any Chargers player. Yeah, I mean, I think defensively it's going to be Nick Neiman for me just because I didn't really expect to see him on the field on defense very much at all. And when he has been on the defense, I feel like he's, he played 
pretty well. I mean, he made good tackles. He you know, was in the right situations and the right places. So I was pleasantly surprised with that. And then on offense, it's Darius Davis, man. Darius Davis yeah. is electric. I mean, anytime you get the ball in his hands, you just see the quickness, the shiftiness. He's one of the fastest players, one of the most explosive players on the football field, and, and he's fun to watch. So I, I, I'm excited to see what else he's going to be able to do for the Chargers this year. Yeah, four catches, 24 yards, four rushes, 61 yards. He has eight punt returns, the 10 and a half, uh, you know, average return, which ranks 10th in the league right now of anyone that has at least five return attempts. So he's been an above average punt returner as well. And the big thing with punt returning, he doesn't fair catch a lot. Only one fair catch from him so far this season. He's trying to get those yards for the Chargers. I would put Kenneth Murray in there too with that linebacker conversation because, I mean, I'm surprised that he's turned himself into a pretty good player. Yeah. You know, like he's a, a solid player at least, which is far from what we saw from him in years past. That's a fact. <laughs> we got one more here from JT the Night who asks, am I wrong for thinking that the Tillery play on Herbert helped even more solidify the team than before? And also, can you talk me off the ledge after blowing these large leads again? David, I think that was definitely a galvanizing moment. We all felt that when Jerry Tillery hit Justin Herbert and seeing his team rally around him. Absolutely was. Everybody was hyped for that moment. Everybody was on Justin Herbert's side. Everybody on that team was ready to go take that ball down and score it and bury the Raiders. And thankfully, they got the victory in that one. Absolutely. And as far as the blown leads go, I mean, the Chargers didn't technically blow the last two leads that they had in the fourth quarter. And I think that is confidence building that they actually found a way to finish those games, even if it was ugly. Right. But Brandon Staley obviously says, in his press conference, all these games in the NFL are close. This isn't college football where Georgia's playing UAB or Austin PA. I don't know why it's such a surprise that all these games are so close. And it's because, hey, you're better than these teams. Go put the game away, right? Yeah. I get what he's saying. And a lot of the times you look at the scoreboard and pretty much across the NFL, games are close. Bad teams are playing close to good teams. I get all of that. Not an excuse, though. I mean, this is also a week where nine teams, Brandon Staley, won by at least 14 points this week. Teams are putting other teams away. The Chargers just aren't one of those teams. But baby steps, they finished the last couple of games. Maybe we'll see him pour it on some teams soon. But it's going to be hard to do against the Dallas Cowboys and the Kansas City Chiefs. But that's going to wrap things up for today's show. We will be back with you guys tomorrow, as we always are, to make sure you don't miss it. Go subscribe or follow for free on the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and listen wherever you get your podcasts from, as well as following all of our social media. Find me on Twitter at DanTalkSports, David Drogemeyer at DrotalkSD, and the show's page at LockdownLAC. You can also find us on Instagram at Lockdown Chargers or our Lockdown Chargers Facebook page. If you want to call into the voicemail line, that is 323-524-7924. Brandon Staley has a great chance to really do something these next two games and totally switch the narrative. We'll be back with that tomorrow. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.